Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is Thursday, the 9th of November, 2023. Colin Gay, our fine crew beat writer, is in the studio at the controls. Per usual, is Patrick the Potfather Flirty. I'm Mike Aries. Thanks for joining us today. We're just a couple days removed from what was a shambolic game for the crew in, in, in Atlanta. We'll get to that in a second. Colin, I want to go chronologically. Let's Let's briefly go over game one get to game two and then with the crew face Sunday sure in game three of their best of three playoff series against Atlanta United which is tied one game apiece so it started I had a longtime crew fan it was a veteran of the crew's payroll let's put it that way say <laughs> that game one might have been the greatest game played or the best game execution wise played by a crew team in the history of the franchise wow now this person does not go all the way back to 2008, um, but uh, does have uh, quite a and and you know you could probably make a case for it. I'm sure we can get a team of eggheads with their uh, FB ref numbers and uh, Octa data, Opta, <laughs> whatever it is. I'm mixing up uh, our our system. Anyway, <laughs> you can get you can get. I, I'm sure Elliot McKinley could work for like two hours. Uh, he's so good and, and crunch it down and, and make a case that uh, game one might have been the best game ever played. And it was it was outstanding. It was everything that the crew wanted it to be. It was a two nothing victory for the crew at the lower dot com field last Wednesday. And and I mean, well, first of all, offensively, you know, I mean, first of all, they ran possession. They it gives uh, I guess the stat sheet gives Atlanta a forty nine percent uh possession rate but i mean it was a it was a game the crew dictated uh offensively i mean out shooting atlanta 14 to 1 i don't think atlanta had a shot until like midway through the second half um they dictated pace um they did what they wanted to do and had plenty of opportunities even more than say the eight shots on goal uh showcased um I think I think what uh, Nancy was quick to point out, Wilfried Nancy, the coach, was quick to point out after the game something that we all picked up on. I think as we watched, and that as you mentioned, shots were eight nothing on goal. So Patrick Schulte had a clean sheet without having to really <laughs> lay his hands on the ball. Yeah. Um, but the XG was one point nine to zero point one, and you know I'm not an advanced metrics guy, but that stood out to me given that the uh, possession was nearly split evenly. And and with that said, as Nancy mentioned afterwards, was that when the crew didn't have the ball, which was practically half the time, um, they played so well within their system that they didn't give up a shot on goal. Yeah. So uh, the coolness of playing their brave ball system um, and the alacrity with which they played it, um, it, it was it was sort of the sine qua non of the process of installing the system, retooling the roster, and perfecting the system uh, reached its acme uh, at, at the new crew stadium last Wednesday. It was just, it's just a, an amazing performance. Well, it's what they did, I mean, for 95 minutes in the crew's road tie against Atlanta. Yes. I mean, it was kind of just a continuation of what that defensive approach looked like. And in that road game, I mean, they had Almada, they had uh, Giamakis, like those, they were at full strength. And basically that, you know, best ball, the, that possession based, you know, 
you know, not focusing on one guy, but kind of rallying to the ball, that defensive approach worked on the road um, in that final regular season game. It works at home against Atlanta. And I mean, it was just a continuation of what the crew do best defensively and not worrying about the stars on the field, but worrying about just rallying to the soccer ball and getting possession back as quickly as possible. Playing the way they play. Exactly. To what we do. In that game one, the Atlantas were missing Thiago, Thiago Almada, yeah. uh, who's, uh, you know, was an MVP candidate and did win, uh, what do you win, newcomer of the year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he took a couple of yellows, uh, a stupid red in, in the last game of the regular season. So he wasn't here last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and the coach uh, adjusted his formation, um, probably looking to uh, get to kicks on the road or something like that. Or maybe steal one and then uh, or get one early and then back up the bus, whatever. Um, the contrast was clear in game two. Yes. And it wasn't even that the crew played terribly in the first half, for instance. Um, but the way Almada was able to stretch the field, um, uh, both vertically and horizontally, and, and the way that... Uh, uh, given that they're back in their regular formation, they're playing their high press, they have more possession time. Um, Jack Amakis couldn't, uh, he, they couldn't mark him in the box. I mean, he had a goal and two assists and yeah. he was, he was unstoppable once he got somewhere in the vicinity of, of the crew's uh, defensive box there. Well, 38 minutes into the game, I mean, Atlanta, you know, did not did not have a score, but it seemed like they were just consistently putting pressure on offensively. I was joking and it were one of the standout things to me was, you know, Sean Zawatsky felt like I mean, it feels like he was in front of every single ball that Atlanta tried and it was almost constant. I think I may be wrong here, but it seemed like they had three or four shots on goal in those first 38 minutes that seemingly rallied off of Zawatsky. Um so he was involved. That defense kind of it, it felt like it was bender to break uh, there in the, the first 38 minutes. And then it kind of, I guess, uh, collapsed uh, there late. And it seemed the, the wheels came off of that defensive approach. Well, Zande Silva's Spider-Man goal deep in stoppage time. And once again, we get to my old friend Bob Burke's uh, amazement that uh, soccer is maybe the only sport in the world where you don't know how much time is left. <laughs> um <laughs> And they were after the set time, although there was someone down and more time was in any case that that goal turned out to be a a killer. Uh, Even after um, the same player, Silva, um, missed what should have been the easiest goal in the history of the league, uh, you know, in the second half that could have put him up three one. But it it didn't matter, though. You know, I mean, no one's going to remember the the blown that him missing a shot from. I don't know, 10 feet out over the crossbar, which should be impossible. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, I mean, to go back to that, um, that silver goal there late in the first half, I mean, that, that was kind of my main takeaway uh, in what turned to be a 4-2 loss for the crew. Um, and that's what I was asking about postgame. Uh, Darlington nagged me. I was saying, like, what was that uh, halftime message after, you know, such a, you know, did you guys, were you guys deflated? Was it dejected? Was it shock? And he said, Almost to, I mean, as a captain should say, as a as a veteran should say, he's like, we scored one, we can score another, but that mentality offensively just didn't seem to show up. And ever se- from that Zande Silver goal and the Spider Man mask that, that got him a yellow card, from that point on, it seemed like Atlanta never really let up 
off the gas at all and didn't really give them an opportunity to do anything. They were clinical in their finish, Atlanta was, um, and they played their system to a T and completely, and I don't want to say completely disrupted the crew because there were some, there was a lot of good minutes in the first half for the visiting team down there at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah. Um, just an aside here, those uniforms, uh, the Atlanta, the, can you call them the five stripes when they're, they're wearing, I don't know, is that graffiti or something? <laughs> it was an interesting, I, I, I had never uh, really seen kind of that. There was a lot of graffiti going on, whether it's in the, uh, you know, on screens, on everywhere, it seemed like. Okay, that back to our regular <laughs> scheduled program now. But uh, what, one of the things that surprised me, and this speaks to how well Atlanta played their system um, and how aggressive they were at it, um, you could see... I don't know if you call it a speed advantage, but they 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 dominated the midfield. Yeah. Um, and Tristan Mayumbo, you know, you could pick a few MVPs in this game for uh, for for unless there were many men of the match, I guess, as yeah. it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was one of them um, for sure. Um, his 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 play box to box, and generally the way Atlanta played um, in the middle of the in, in the middle of the field. Um, they made, geez, they thoroughly outplayed Aiden Morris yeah. and and, uh, and Darlington Nagby, which which is something we don't see very often. It was a foot race that really, the, from the the moment that Atlanta scored first, it was a foot race. The crew played from behind, and they could they, they could not catch up. Well, Nagby in particular was never allowed to be comfortable. Yeah. Um, and the same can be said to some degree for Aiden Morris. I think the game got more difficult in the 64th minute after Sean Zawadzki in a collision uh, came out of the game with some kind of knee injury. Um, we'll see how that is. Uh, Morris may have been hampered to some degree uh, by an ankle. Um, we were at training and, and saw him limping early. Uh, I don't know if it was a knock or a, or a, if he rolled it or anything like that. I don't want to speculate too much. Um, he didn't call for a trainer and he was right. You know, he was in the game the next day w- with no apparent uh, uh, difficulty. But uh, anyway, uh, just out there. Uh, w- 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 but it was a look. the MLS is a is the toughest league in the world to 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 win on the road. And uh, it was inordinately tough for the crew on on Tuesday and it was much tougher than it was than the last time they were down there. It was a, a late, late equalizer, uh, but they could have gotten three points out of that place. You know, none of that matters now. Um, and you don't even look ahead, although we will uh, at the tail end of this program, um, at the knockout phase, which begins in the conference semifinals. All you look at now, and the only thing that's important is the crew has a home game to advance. And that's a job they should get done, given their talent, uh, given the season they've had, given the numbers they've posted at home. Uh, they have to protect their house, which is not too much to ask from this team. You look at when, when as they look to Sunday's game, Sunday's do or die playoff game, it, you, you almost realize how important that 2-1 win against Montreal was to end the year. And in and how much weight that actually held, how much weight a top four spot holds in the playoff, especially for this team. Um, it's, it's, it's massive. 
it's it's massive. And you also have to think back. Um, you know, it, it's it's all thirty four, and the, the fact that they took three points out of New England deep in the season, um, and also a point out of Atlanta on their both games on the road. You know, all that factored into them finishing third place uh, in the Eastern Conference. And this is why you want to finish in third place in the Eastern Conference. For one thing, and again, this is looking ahead, it gets you out of Cincinnati side of the draw. Cincinnati-Orlando semifinal is going to be a war. Um, but the other thing is you got home field advantage in, 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 in this round. You have Atlanta at your place with a chance to advance. It's really that simple. Win, win a home game. Absolutely. I, I mean, and, and it's so easy. I mean, in, in, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but it's so easy to look ahead at, say, once if, if Columbus wins against Atlanta on Sunday, then they're going to have to put their money on their where their mouth is on the road and in, in, in facing Atlanta, facing Cincinnati. Um, and, and, and those are the moments that, you know, Nancy has been clear about how many points the crew have lost because of road games. They, they could have been in contention for the supporter shield if if they converted on you know, a few set pieces here and there. Oh, if they defended on a few set pieces. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Depending on, I mean, that Orlando game. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Now, um, it it is, it is, uh, it was, uh, it was right off the top of the broadcast. You were in Atlanta. Uh, I was home watching on TV and uh, um, Tom Reed was at the Endeavor uh, watching on, on, on the flat screen there. Tom Reed, of course, was one of the originators of this show, The Speakeasy. He gave it its name. He gave the Podfather his nickname, and we miss Tom. Tom's doing well. Uh, again, he's doing very well when he's sitting at a bar with a beer watching a soccer game. But I was at home, and one of the things that uh, the color guy, and I can't keep track of all the Brits, Welsh, and uh, Scots, and uh, the call the games, I, they, they all kind of run together for me. <laughs> but one of them mentioned with an accent that uh, – the crew hadn't won a road game in the playoffs since 2002, which is true, technically speaking. I mean, any crew fan will say, well, what about 2017 in, uh, in Atlanta? They went on kicks. And what about 18 in D.C.? Uh, they went on kicks. And those were wins, but technically draws uh, because they went the extra time and then the kicks. And so they're counted as draws. And the soccer universe. Uh, 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 so yes, technically, I believe it's 0-11 and three since 2002 on the road for the crew in playoff games. So um, just throwing that out there. Um, we want to get to some audio here, um, and uh, we will uh, first. Colin, let's take a quick peek. You know, winning on the road wasn't difficult for everyone in this tournament. Um, in the East, both Cincinnati and Philadelphia are through. They'll meet in the semifinals. Both of them won road games. Um, the the Cincinnatis beat the the Red Bulls eight to seven on kicks. So that was a draw that ended. It was one one, and they won eight to seven on kicks. Uh, a reminder: I'm sure everyone knows that in this first round best of three playoff series in these playoffs, um, it goes directly to the kicks. There's there's no extra time. And Philadelphia uh, uh, beat New England. Uh, one to nothing in New England. So it's Cincinnati and Philadelphia on the bottom side of the Eastern half draw or the top side, if you, depending on how you look at it. And uh, on, on the other side of it, uh, Orlando went through um, with two, one, nothing victories, including the second one on the road. Um, uh, and so at Nashville the other night, that was quite a physical game. Um, so Orlando will play the winner of, of this Columbus uh, Atlanta uh, 
game on 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 uh, well that that date will be different, but that's Sunday at seven p.m. in in the new Crew Stadium. And and I'm 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 curious to get your perspective on this. You see the amount of you know success. I mean that you know Philly had, that Cincinnati had, Orlando had on the road in those second games to get it done. Those are the top three seeds in, in the, uh, in the tournament. Exactly. Do you, do, I mean, do you feel like in well, Orlando, uh, I mean, uh, Orlando, let me see. Orlando's two Cincinnati's one Philly slipped. Yeah. They slipped below, uh, uh, the crew there to the fourth seed. Yeah. Fourth seed. Do you feel like I, I, based on, you know, how Atlanta looked on Tuesday, no matter if it's you know in Columbus, wherever it is, is there such thing as momentum for Atlanta heading into this game, or is the crew that good? I guess in home games where momentum really does not matter. I don't know. I think uh, I think you trust the the crew coach here. Um, the Atlanta coach is, is is a fine fine coach as well. But uh, what I would say is, and I think in any sport, any one game in a series. Um, you know, I think back to old like uh, Red Sox Yankees series, et cetera. You know, um, Celtics Lakers series. Uh, there were blowouts. They really, it's it's a W, is what it is. Um, that that's my feeling on it. You asked, I answered. It's it's a it's a W for Atlanta. The 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 way they dominated in the second half doesn't matter moving forward. Um, it's all about uh, as Wilfried likes to say. It's about it's about uh, keeping your, he doesn't use these terms, but it's, it's just about keeping your underwear clean in game three. And, uh, it'll be easier for the crew to do at home. I, I, I would imagine. And you see how, you know, in these first two games, Wolfrey was talking about this heading into the series, but how teams would respond late in games, knowing that there was no goal aggregate. So you saw a lot of substitutions, basically taking guys off the, off the field and, and I guess, looking ahead, managing minutes, managing minutes. Exactly. So it it seemed like late. I mean, that's what the crew did, um, taking their best guys off the field and completely just turning their focus to game three. One guy whose game, um, didn't, didn't dip at all was, was Cucho. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he was terrific. He could have had a brace, uh, or, you know, which is usually the case. And he has like, I don't know, 13 goals in the last 10 games. Yeah. Something stupid like that. Yeah. He, uh, his touch this from minute. Rossi yeah. at the end of the first half. Yeah. I mean, if anything, and, and I had this lead, I was trying to ride o- around this for, for, for hours, it seemed. <laughs> but uh, that touch between him and Rossi should have changed momentum for good uh, for, for the crew, whether it's heading into a second half. That, that was the momentum starter. And then, you know, Atlanta kind of erased that. It was a foul and a counter and bang. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and if, if you're a crew fan, you have to be incredibly encouraged with not only. Well, I don't know about the, incredibly encouraged. But, but by that touch, by that specific touch. Well, we've how seen them quickly do that. Was, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But they can do that on the road. They can do that at home and how quickly it can manifest. Well, out West, uh, two teams went through. Um, uh, Kansas City completed its upset of St. Louis. They won it home after winning on the road the first game. Trounced uh, St. Louis in the first game, so they're th- they're through. They'll play the winner of Saturday's Houston Real Salt Lake game, and uh, on the other part of the half of the Western draw, LAFC is through. The defending champions are looking very good, as are the defending Eastern Conference champions, the Philadelphia's, and they'll play the winner of the Dallas Seattle 
game three, which will be Friday. So it's been quite the playoffs. Let's get a sense of scene from Tuesday night post game as players and coaches looked ahead to Sunday's game three. Colin, you spoke with a number of of crew players and, and with Wilfred Nancy afterwards. What did Darlington Nagby have to say? Well, he was admittedly not very happy with how the defense gave up that uh, second goal there late in the first I, half. I can only imagine. Well, here's, here's Nagby. No, just execution, execution, nothing to execute on their chances. Yeah. And we didn't, uh, not that we didn't, but also we didn't execute defensively as well. So yeah. it's not just forward or defenders, you know, as a group. As a group, we just execute. And the coach, Wilfried Nancy, what was his, his general uh, his general take on the matter? What sort of uh, state of mind was he in after the game? Well, he was talking about how the, the way that they played, it wasn't about really the style of play. It was just kind of the execution of, you know, the, the normal crew style, them playing, you know, not having the fluidity that he wanted out of the crew, especially offensively, instead taking extra touches and, and extra passes and yeah, not being as fluid as they normally are. Oh, well, let's hear what he had to say. No, we, the team that we are, we want to come back on the time. So the, the, the spirit, obviously, we were disappointed because when you consider goal uh, just before the half time, this is this is not the good moment. You know, so so. But now we we the idea was to uh, to adjust uh, two or three things tactically and uh, also in terms of the way we want to uh, to uh, to provoke more. And uh, after that, so we tried to do it. And uh, 20 minutes left or 15 minutes left, uh, we decided to uh, to change a bit to uh, because we were close to score. We had, because we had opportunities. Sure. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, Atlanta had also a few many opportunities or few opportunities. I don't know, but we had opportunities to come back. But we the extra pass or the extra touch. You know, we we had the lack of. Um, of the fluidity, you know, usually when we take the speed, we are able to keep the time edge, but we didn't play in the tempo at certain moments, you know, so, yeah, we had, um, it was a game like this, so after that, yeah, four goals, but uh, the idea was to, uh, I think this is the first time or in the beginning of the year we consider a few like this, but uh, listen, um, it's a one-one, and uh, the idea is uh, to, uh, to see what we need to improve and what we need to do better, knowing that we did good stuff because it's not easy to play uh, here, as you know, against a good team and uh, really good players also. So uh, we're gonna analyze everything and to to be ready for shooting days. That's it for this playoff edition of the Soccer Speak Easy uh, Game Three Sunday at the new Crew Stadium, 7 p.m. kickoff. Although they say 7 p.m., it's usually like 7.10 or something like that. Anyway, it's it's uh, it should be great theater. Crew versus Atlanta with a, a chance to go to the conference semifinals to play Orlando is on the line Sunday night. We'll talk to you again next week, and we'll see how this turns out. Uh, for Colin Gay, our fine crew beat writer, and for the podfather, Patrick Flaherty at the controls, I'm Mike A-Race. Talk to you soon. Patrick, kick us out of here.